Warning, Extra Credits contains course spoilers. It also contains some opinions and some facts. There may even be some opinions parading as facts or vice versa. If you never come to class and don't care about closing the accounts, then, I mean, we'd hate to give away the ending for you. And plus, um, you're going to need clearance for this one because we're going to be talking about the classified balance sheet. Well, you've been warned. And now, extra credits. You've just graduated from Okanagan College and have been hired by Lewis Tully & Co., a small CPA firm. You're assigned to help long-term client Keymaster Locksmiths to help with their accounting cycle by booking closing entries and getting the accounts in the general ledger ready for the next period. You take a quick look at the records for Keymaster and immediately realize you're in trouble. The company maintains their records using manual journals. They don't use accounting software like all the other clients you've helped. Can you remember the steps needed to record the closing entries? Who could you possibly call? That was brilliant. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, hello and welcome to the first year financial accounting podcast that uh, you never knew you wanted or needed, but now you just can't get enough of us. We are Extra Credits. I'm Mike. I'm Josh. And I'm Brad. And we all hope that this pod is an asset to you. Excellent Ghostbusters references there. Brad, <laughs> very, very impressive. Hey, Lewis and I, Tully being the, the, the greatest tax accountant uh, reference that, that you could find. I actually got that one too because uh, if you guys don't know this about me, a lot of my friends make fun of the fact that I have not seen like any classic movies. Yes. Like think of the movies that are your favorites and everybody has seen and I've never seen them. I believe I've yelled at you about this many times. Probably. <laughs> about movies that you needed to watch. How have you not seen Ronin? Stuff like that. But I did take care of Ghostbusters back in the summer. Um, yeah, so I, I got that one, Brad. Okay, so this is an invitation then to Josh's students that are listening. Uh, think of your favorite, what you would consider classic movies from, let's say, what, 80s and 90s, Josh? Sure. Uh, so, you know, if you just can't get enough of She's All That, um, if an Amanda Bynes British movie is your favorite, uh, or if you want to know why there weren't hoverboards four years ago, uh, let Josh know and he will commit to, you know, at three in the morning when he's doing a late change for his daughter, uh, you know, he'll throw the movie on and watch it. Um, for me, my late nights, I uh, can't get to sleep, so I need to uh, watch it. Movie, Summer Rental, there we go, with John Candy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good one. It's a good one. I got Weekend of Bernie's, but I, I don't know Summer Rental, so I'm going to have to go find that one. There you go. I think it's called Summer Rental. You know what? I don't remember anything anymore because it's the middle of the semester, and I hear I can hear our students nodding along. So our leadoff question today is, as the great John Bon Jovi would say, whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa. Living on a... Yeah, so... Uh, thoughts? I can't believe we're halfway there. I, I, I realized that the other day and mentioned it in class. And I think mm. everyone was like, what? Really? Yeah. It's uh, it's going fast. I, I referenced it back to when our kids were born. And we said, yeah, now that you have kids, the years go fast, but the days go so slow. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because when you're younger, 
uh, all you want when you're six, all you want is to be seven. Mm-hmm. Right. And it just takes forever. Right. To just, just drags on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but each day flies going, by, right. It's, were you it's referencing Sandlot there, Mike, or was that just a, a great forever? Oh no, the forever was definitely a, a, a reference to, um, to Sandlot. And uh, you don't, you're not getting video, but Josh is currently doing the truffle shuffle, um, which I don't think that's a reference he wouldn't get because he's probably not seen that movie. That, that's an uh, 80s and 90s classic that you got to go find everybody, The Sandlot. See, uh, I've so, actually I've seen The Sandlot, but okay. maybe it's like a maybe it's a like a attention span or comprehension thing. But like when somebody brings up a reference like that, chances are I'll I won't get it. Like I, I watched the Sandlot and I remember really enjoying it, hmm. but like that, I still totally whiffed on that one. So interesting. Interesting. Uh, well, you know what? We'll just keep throwing these references in and see if you eventually pick up on them. Um, my, my wife is always telling me that I am a fountain of useless information. Uh, something about movies and music uh, constantly stick uh, in my head uh, to annoy her. Sometimes I'll respond to every question she asks me in song lyrics uh and uh she's not a, she's not a big fan but you know what i figure uh i've only been trying it for 20 years so i'll try it for another 20 and uh we'll see how it goes who knows right <laughs> so yeah we're halfway there this is uh it, it's bonkers this would normally be when we were having midterms however in this class no midterm uh right yeah no midterm in this class uh I have another class that normally has two midterms. There's no midterm in that class. I actually only have one class with a midterm this semester. How about you guys? Classes with midterms? Uh, no, none. Wow. None. And I'm, I'm here for it because last year I had all of my midterms in like one week. And mm-hmm. so I was marking like however many papers, I think probably over the Thanksgiving weekend. Um, and I was still marking this weekend, but just projects. So it's not as um, much. So for those of us that aren't currently wearing skinny jeans and horn room glasses, can you tell us what I'm here for it means? Brad, did you understand <laughs> that? I didn't. Is yeah. that like, is that like yeet? No. Oh, no. is that like send it? No, it's oh. more like, it's more like lit, but I also, I don't say lit. Uh, that's not really up my like vocabulary. Mm. Um, I'm here for it as like, I'm a fan of it or like I support this. Oh, I'm here for it. Okay. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I'm going to try and work that into my conversations with students from now on and see if they catch it. (laughs) I have gotten a fair number of whatever dads. So (laughs) yeah, this goes. Uh, Okay. So we've got, uh, we've got some interesting topics here in our rundown this week. Um, We're going to start off with taking the accounting cycle uh, to completion. Now this doesn't take us to the end of the accounting cycle, um, but uh, we do need to close out the accounts. We need to close out those temporary accounts. And so I wanna ask you guys, why do we bother learning this stuff when it happens auto-magically in accounting programs, right? You just click a button and it just goes away. Now, I don't know what's happening in the background with the program, but programs would never make mistakes, right? This is why I never balance my bank or anything like that because they couldn't possibly make mistakes, right? I I see Brad nodding his head. Brad, you want to go first? 
Well, I was going to say they, they never make mistakes, right? We don't have to worry about what comes out. <laughs> so um, I guess just going back to the open too, I mean, there are still people that do um, manual journals for their accounting. It's getting more and more rare. Yep. Um, but we, you know, when I was at uh, in public practice, we did have um, a handful of clients that still actually did manual records. Um, so, you know, for when that time comes, when you have to deal with those, you, you, obviously there's no button you can push on a manual journal. You have to know how to do the entries have um, you guys ever been reading a magazine and wanted to zoom in on a picture and then like slid your fingers out in a diagonal fashion on the picture to try and make it bigger and you do it three or four times and then realize you're holding physical media and it doesn't paper. work yeah <laughs> or like or like click your finger on a link and you're like how come this link in this newspaper isn't opening up yeah yeah that's so and that's what you're saying with actual physical journals you can't just click a button and have it automatically post them and close them out yeah yeah, okay. but I think I think too. I mean, the other side of it is is it, you know when you do click the button and have the software do it for you, you, you need to be able to look at, at what the result is and make sure that you know the, that everything was linked properly and that the result is what you're looking for. That's a great yeah. point because you don't really know unless you understand what you're looking for. So if you click close the accounts and then you accidentally tagged you know one of your revenue accounts as a permanent account, let's say. Uh, or one of your assets or liabilities is a temporary account uh, and they get closed out, then, you know, you, you don't know, it seems fine, right? After that, hey, my, my trial balance balances, which doesn't actually mean much. So that's a good point. Josh, any uh, follow-up on that? Yeah, I was going to say, th this is one that the computers don't mess up a lot, mm. uh, but it has happened. I've seen it where, uh, you know, people have set up their automatic books so that it doesn't quite close properly. A lot of times it's human error on this one, yeah. but uh, yeah, it, it can happen. And uh, if you don't know exactly which accounts should be closed and which ones shouldn't, uh, you might end up with a situation where you're starting the next year off with an incorrect set of accounting records. Absolutely. And now if, um, you know, if we're looking at a, a normal, trial balance that's that's in what we would consider a, a regular order. Um, this gets to be pretty easy because you just draw a line underneath liabilities effectively and everything below that needs to be closed in some fashion, right? Uh, and we like to, in our classes, we like to throw things at you alphabetically uh, just to make sure that you're awake, our, our, uh, our learners. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where you really do need to think through back to chapter one and chapter two you know, is this a business transaction? What accounts are being affected? Are they debited or credited? You need to think back to what is this account? Is it something that's permanent or is it something that's that's temporary that happens over a period of time? That's, that's good. And so we'll be going through the closing process and taking you through those closing entries. And the nice thing is after you have this post-closing trial balance, it's uh, it's basically your post-closing trial balance is just a disorganized balance sheet, effectively, right? You've got your assets, you've got your liabilities, you only have one line for equity at that point, your capital. Everything else is zeroed out, theoretically, so it's, it's a lot easier to, to build out a balance sheet from that point, unless you follow the process with your adjusted trial balance. Uh, so my next question uh, is kind of a silly one. If it's a classified balance sheet, why don't we require our students have clearance to see it. Now that was funnier before um, one of the world's largest democracies just started giving clearance to um, Muppets, as my British friends would say. But uh, yeah, no, but seriously, why classify these things? I don't get I was, it. 
I was going to say, like, there's like four accounts, right? Yeah. The, the whole classified thing is like, yeah. you know, we could have called it something more normal, like categorized or like yeah. organized. But I think like the accountants saw one possible area where they could look kind of interesting Yeah, and they went with classified. I like that. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, go ahead, Brad. I was going to say, like, I, I like to think of it as just a, it's our balance sheet with uh, interesting subtotals added um, mm. to, to make it more usable, right? Like we, we've, otherwise we've just got this big long list of assets. Um, and so by putting those assets in a particular order and adding subtotals to it, yeah. uh, it, it gives us more information uh, at a glance. It's the same reason why we take our trial balance and turn it into a balance sheet because all of the information mm. on our balance sheet is coming from the trial balance. It just pulled right off it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just putting it into a format that is, you know, when you're looking at it at a glance, you can see certain information that, that makes them more useful, more helpful. And, and we are going to start classifying income statements as well, which again is going to give us more information. Uh, and you can have fun with this. Um, you can build pivot tables so that you can classify things in different ways to give you different totals. Uh, I think in, most of you are going to be in 128, which means you're probably in Excel 2, the second section of Excel right now. So you're learning what pivot tables are. Um, so there you go. There's actually useful things that you can do with them. Now, I have a question about the classifications here uh, because I've taught this class through three different textbooks and every textbook classifies these things slightly differently. I mean, current assets are current assets, right? I mean, that, there's no difference around that, PP&E and, and stuff, but the way that the tabs work so the way that, you know, are, are some things tabbed to the left a bit or, or are they all in one line or subtotals in line or are they off to the right? Uh, it's been different for every textbook. Mm -hmm. And so I'd like to, to ask the two of you uh, who have worked in public practice, uh, do all companies do this the same way? And, and we're talking about companies now that are reporting under ASPE because in this class we focus on sole proprietorship. So think about small businesses. Do all small business people have the, uh, a classified balance sheet that looks the same? No, and I think there's there's a lot of options in terms of disclosing all that information that we have to, right? So in class, we're going to look at, you know, property, plant and equipment, and we're going to show the cost, and then we're going to show the accumulated depreciation, mm -hmm. and we'll show the net figure, you know, on the balance sheet. But some companies to sort of clean up that balance sheet, they don't disclose, you know, the cost and the accumulated depreciation. Right. They just show the net figure, and then they add a note to the financial statements that shows that breakdown, because they do have to put it somewhere. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's, there's lots of options, you know, the the use of the columns and how you organize it that's just you know there's a lot of variety that can be done there to sort of just make things a bit cleaner personal preference really. it depends on how complex and how many different types of assets the organization has right yeah yeah i mean like you know if you're doing your personal personal balance sheet you'd have cash um accounts receivable um great sense of humor winning smile those kind of things, right? Yeah. No, like you know, hard, those are hard to quantify, right? Hard to quantify. <laughs> they would be in intangibles. Hot dog, Brad. Look at you <laughs> making everything so relevant. And so as we go through the classifications, uh, current assets, you know, these are these are things that are cash or cash-like within within a year. I feel like those are pretty easy to quantify. Um, you know, same deal for PP&E. Uh, can we talk about some of the other types of you know, longer-term assets. So long-term assets or, or long-term investments, these things have different names depending on the system that you're using. Um, how do we distinguish those types of things? 
Is it just as simple as more than a year? Because sometimes there's current portions. It can get confusing there. I think that current portion of um, is a, is an area that students um, struggle to wrap their heads around sometimes. Yeah. And like in, in particular, if you're looking at, say, long term liabilities versus right. current liabilities. And I mean, if you think of the mortgage on your house, right, you've got a, a 25 year mortgage on your house. That's a long term liability. You're going to pay it over a long period of time, more mm-hmm. than a year. But you are making payments each month. So, so a portion of that long-term liability is considered current because you're going to be paying it, um, you know, with within the year, and and so knowing how much of that do we want to pull in and say, you know, this is how much we're going to pay within this year, and the rest we'll pay after, um, and separating the two. And this becomes really important when you step into some of your further classes and you look at things like working capital, uh, current ratios, quick ratios. Uh, which more or less measure your ability to pay off all the stuff that you're going to have to pay in the next 12 months or next accounting cycle um, with all of the stuff that's going to become cash in the next accounting cycle. So basically, are you going to run out of cash? And so if you had something like a a mortgage for $200,000 and $10,000 of it needed to be paid principal repaid in this year, if you didn't put that into your current liabilities, you would be understating the amount that you, you'd have to pay back and you'd be in in danger of running out of money effectively. Yeah. So that's, you know, it, it is really important to, the, to look at those classifications. I don't think we get into goodwill intangibles uh, too much in this class, um, but, uh, you know, I mean, that's things like franchises and patents and goodwill and, and license agreements and, and things like that, right? So one thing that was a, I had a bit of a sticking point, I think, with this text, because I think they put intangible assets and goodwill sort of together. Hmm. But, uh, you know, the true accountant in me is saying goodwill has to be a separate item on the balance sheet. You can't lump it in with intangible assets. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that it, really in matter. 111, um, we we lump everything together. But uh, yeah, that, that's a really good point. It's, it's its own baby. And also goodwill only comes about in very specific situations in a company. Exactly. Um, yeah, it, it's it's one of those concepts that's actually poorly understood. We all think we know what it is, but it, it is pretty poorly understood. But you learner, don't worry about it. Um, we do lump all intangibles together, I know. That's pretty much uh, what I said in class. You 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 need to know that goodwill is a thing, mm-hmm. but you don't really need to know what that thing is. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's you need to know it exists, uh, but don't don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you're curious, take another like two accounting classes, and then we'll talk about it in two sixty three. Yes. For sure. Cool. <laughs> there, there is a simple way to describe goodwill too, though. Like I think if, if people are wanting to know where it comes from, um, like I think the easy way to think about it is if you go and buy a business. So let's say, for example, I go to buy a restaurant mm-hmm. and the equipment in that restaurant is only worth $20,000. You know, the fridge and the stove and the dishes and the tables and whatnot is $20,000 worth of equipment but I'm going to pay $50,000 for that restaurant. So how can you would pay more for that restaurant then, Brad? Yeah. And so that's exactly it is the restaurant is operating. Uh, it's got an established name an established location. It's got um, customers that enjoy that restaurant and come back to it on a frequent basis. Right. And so if, if I am, looking at opening a restaurant, I know that by buying into this one, I've got this ready-made 
customer base already and a, and a track record of having a successful restaurant and all I need to do is keep it going. Right. As opposed to starting a brand new restaurant and having to find and then and, and draw clients in. So you're basically buying a, a going concern, something that's going to continue to, you know, the snowball's already headed down the hill. Yeah. Because for $20,000, you could open up a similar restaurant next door. You're willing to pay more uh, because of this, you know, intangible value that you can't quite place on the assets or the stuff that's actually in, in the business. Yeah. Goodwill. Yeah, exactly. And uh, another movie for you there, Josh, Goodwill Hunting. How do you like I've seen it. Seen it. Okay, yeah. look, we're hitting them all. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well then, so if, since we've been talking about movies a lot here, I, I have to ask, um, favorite movie. This is a, I know it's a tough one. It's a tough uh, one. And I know uh, it's, Josh is going to lie. His favorite movie is actually Clueless, um, guys, because he's a big Paul <laughs> Rudd so fan. That guy never actually, ages. You're not that far off because I absolutely love Clueless. Like me my too. wife introduced I'm, I'm a big me fan. to it. I've, I've watched it four or five times. I, yeah. I really, really enjoy it. If you it. want a good movie for a Sunday afternoon, that just kind of, yeah, that's, that's a great movie for that. Yeah. I have not seen that movie in a very long time. <laughs> But this is after we have this discussion, everyone's like, I wonder what happened to Alicia Silverstone. Is Paul Rudd still going, right? Yeah. Oh man. Uh my I, I would I would put my my favorite movie into two different categories. Like my my favorite movie in terms of a dramatic, like, you know, mm. cinematically well done, critically acclaimed favorite movie that I love to watch is The Shining. Oh wow. Okay. And then my favorite comedy of all time that I love to watch recognizing it's a little more lowbrow at some points but I still think is a fantastic comedy is Wedding Crashers oh that's a great movie yeah for so many reasons um yeah Will Will Ferrell can either take away a lot from a movie or add a lot and I really do think he adds a lot yeah and Isla Fisher's hilarious and he's in a smaller dose right that's it right this is this is this is what I keep uh keep telling Telling Roz, you know, just me in small doses is hilarious. It's just when you got to live with me. That's why I'm not. Funny. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Brad? Favorite movie? For me, I, I would commonly go back to Princess Bride and, and oh. say that that's probably my favorite movie of all time. Um, and if you were to ask me which movie I've seen more than any other movie, like more times than any other movie, it would be Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Um, there was actually a period of time in my life where I could recite the movie. Um, I, I was from from scratch on you know with unprompted I wanted to I wanted to recite a story that Brad told me uh because in our first year of teaching we shared an office together mm. and I thought it was just so funny so as we were so at, uh, other people refer to that as last year but okay go on last year <laughs> <laughs> sorry Josh go on <laughs> so, as part of our as part of getting our chartered accountant CA designations, we had to write uh, we had to write case based exams that take four or five hours, oh, yeah. um, and so we do a lot of practice for that before the actual exam. Now, uh, part of that involves a two week period where you would write these practice cases and uh, and do and then you'd get them marked and you get feedback and stuff. So Brad told me last year that uh, in one of those practice cases. Uh, one of those four-hour exams, he basically just, I don't know if you didn't have the energy or just shut down or what it was, but instead of actually typing a response to the case, he just started typing the script of The Princess Bride. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. Love yeah, it. And, 
And for, for any of those that are wondering in my four hours that I had, I think I tried the case for about a half an hour until I finally gave up. So in my three and a half hours, I made it all the way to the fire swamp. Um, oh, with the R-O-U-S's. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And and so then I, 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 I couldn't resist. I copied and pasted the whole thing into an email and I sent it to my sister because I knew she would appreciate it. Oh, of course. She, yeah. she sent it to her friend who is just as uh, warped as me and her friend finished it for me and sent it back. Brilliant. <laughs> so if you're a Carrie Elways fan, then did you enjoy um, Robin Hood Men in Tights? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Because I, I was a big fan of that. I also enjoyed his character in uh, Days of Thunder, which is uh, another movie that I, I, I really That's like. a classic. So, yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's a yeah. That's definitely another one of those 80s movies. Yeah, uh, so, so, for, so for all you listeners, when you're doing your practice cases, I don't recommend it. I would just consider that a wasted day. But but I suppose at the end, we're 15 years. No, how many years out? 10, 12 years out, still talking about it. So um, I guess it wasn't that wasted. <laughs> I, I've got to say, having heard that story, I'm a little concerned that Brad's got a student that will forget something on the final exam and just write sections of the princess bride like how how do i do bank reconciliations again anybody want to be nuts right like and that's it no more rhymes now i mean it <laughs> my name is diego montoya you killed my father yeah. <laughs> to die. Uh, that's a great movie uh so i, I i'm gonna i'm gonna and this is great because i really do think your favorite movie says a lot about you um as a person i like that josh couldn't decide on one Right, he had to had to to pick the two there. Wedding Crashers, great movie. Shining, also great movie for totally different reasons, right? Uh, for me, uh, it's Flight Club. Uh, I absolutely love that movie. Always have. It's um, it came out when I was nineteen. It connected with me in 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 that sort of uh, interesting, you know, existential crisis, nineteen year old boy kind of way. And uh, and yeah, so it, it, it's always been one of those movies that was. Uh, important to me. Interesting to see the different people. I think Russell Crowe was initially considered for Tyler Durden, which I think would have been horrible. Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton in that movie are just, just, uh, just brilliant. And you know, Edward Norton only good in things that are, are, are depressing, like American History X, right? Another great movie that's just yeah. that makes you sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no kidding. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah. So Wedding Crashers, there you go. Uh, youngins, if you haven't seen Wedding Crashers yet, uh, Check it out. Uh, it is rated R, so I think it's got to be rated R. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Grown-ups only. There you are. Well, we're all cool. grown-ups here, right? Uh, unless we, we have, like, some, as such. Unless uh, we that, have a teen wonder that's like 14 years old that has made it to college already. No, no. When I, when I was teaching in Vernon, um, the they had to deal with some of the high schools where they could do college courses for credit within the high school. So I had, uh, I had two grade 11 students in my 128 class. Wow. When I was teaching in Vernon, yeah. So oh, smart, smart guy. Although you know, as far as we're concerned, everyone's grown. I mean, I'm the least grown-up person in my class, no matter how old the students are. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, and you know what? That's going to bring us to the end of the pod. Thank you, learner and listener, for making. If you've made it to this point, then gold star for you. Well done. Uh, have yourselves a great week. Best of luck with chapter four on uh, closing entries and the classified balance sheet and some other stuff there as well and uh yeah thanks a lot take care everyone bye now bye everyone have a great week everybody